0: They're back on the Football Outside the Box podcast, where we discuss the past, the present and the future of football. So it was announced recently that the Premier League is going to start doing five subs as a new rule. This is very interesting, especially on the Football Outside the Box podcast, because we did say some time ago on a previous episode where we discussed the unlimited subs and the and what that would bring to football if it were to be implemented. Obviously it was a very hypothetical topic that we had. And now there's a step closer, perhaps, if you will. We know the five subs rule were we know the five subs rule was implemented during COVID. And now it's officially a thing. So Jurgen Klopp, you have gotten your wish. No more complaining from you now.
1: He'll still find a way to complain. He'll still say, "Oh, how come City have 20
0: players on the bench when we have 10 players on the bench? Yeah, he's a massive complainer. That's why he pisses me off, to be honest. But anyways, what's your take? How does this affect football? How does this affect the Premier League?
1: I think it's good. I mean, Premier League was already a step behind. And I had no idea why they didn't implement this last year when every single league in Europe was implementing this. And even the the European leagues, the Champions League, you know, the clubs that were participating in Europe last season, AKA us, not you. We were, I was confused like, Oh, we can make five subs in Europe, but not in the league. What, What sense does that make? So, I mean, I think this is a right step in the right direction. And as we touched on it, you know, we talked about unlimited subs, I think it was our first ever episode of this podcast. And that's what something we believe in just because of the, I mean, we, we saw how Gareth Bale, you know, you see the irony, but he complained about how Kevin De Bruyne had to play 79 games in a year. It only has like three weeks of break with that congested schedule nowadays. Five subs. I would even say five subs is le-
0: too little. Yeah, you really could argue that point, to be honest. I know a lot of people are going to probably check into this and say, no, it's perfect amount. They, they don't want to maybe necessarily open up their minds to the concept of let's be completely different from what traditional football is. We don't have to always be in this ancient way of thinking all the time. We can have progressive thoughts and ideas that could potentially make the game better. You know, who cares if it's a drastic change? If it's better for the sport, why not implement it? Because we even hear the players, as you said, the players complain about it too. So do you not think maybe we need some more respect for the players' feelings as well? But that's something that is definitely not going to be implemented anytime soon, knowing how football likes to progress. I mean, it took years for goal line technology and things of this nature to get implemented. So I wouldn't bet on it at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can see the argument against it. People seem to think this benefits the bigger clubs or let's say teams with deeper benches, which is logical, but there's no proof or mathematically proven evidence to actually say or, or support that, that this only benefits the big teams. In Europe, we see this five subs rule was implemented already for two seasons now. And so the so called smaller sides have been doing perfectly fine. You know, Frankfurt, they, they just won the Europa League. UEFA Conference League, you, the final was compo- comprised of the likes of Feyenoord and AS Roma. And I know that competition is a little, a lot lower in terms of the level of competition. But if we just look at the Europa League, they, they beat out the likes of Barcelona. You know, there were much bigger names. And we talk about Rangers. Rangers is not even at the level of Frankfurt. And they made it to the final. So I, I get where people are saying, oh, this is only going to benefit the big teams. Maybe in the future, because now you're using 16 players per game up to 16 players per game compared to the usual or the old 14 players per game. So, of course, we don't know. We don't know how it's going to turn out. But as of now, there's no mathematical evidence or historical evidence to say this only benefits the big teams. Because I read a study the other day where after the COVID lockdown, when we had that brief spell, smaller teams were making on average more subs than the larger teams. I don't know what the breakdown in terms of the smaller teams and larger teams was, but the so-called smaller sides were making on average 4.59 subs per game. Whereas the larger sides were making 4.09 subs per game. So the smaller sides were taking advantage of it more than the larger sides were. So I think this is just, people assuming and people t- making it too simple. And I think there's more to it, there's no football game is the same. No two football games are the same. You know, it depends on every circumstances, every player, you know, the, even the weather and whatnot, you know, so I, I think it's, I think it's a step in the right direction.
0: Yeah. So if you guys want to hear a further breakdown of that, check back our first ever episode of unlimited subs it will be kind of interesting to hear how this episode compares to our first episode and you can see the difference in what we're saying and how deep we get into it as well do want to transition into though the england squad gareth southgate's selections or potential selections i should say as far as his squad goes for the upcoming World Cup in Qatar. So if you'd seen our previous episode to the group stage draw and how we reviewed it, we had initially said this has got to be England's year. I'm, you said that. I said, <laughs> that, said that. I said that. I said that. I said that. I'm low-key having... I don't want to even say second thoughts because I still think England are the favorites. But I do want to say watch out for Argentina. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. So I have the two of them. It's between Argentina and England for me. But back to England. Southgate has come out now and he has said that the likes of Rashford and Sancho need to prove themselves if they're going to make this England squad. And looking at how they've been performing in the Nations League, a lot of people are saying that they need more from the supporting cast. What do you think about this? Do you think that this is a challenge for Southgate to kind of balance the morale of the squad and to get everybody clicking together? We know that that's been a thing for England forever, pretty much. They've always had... a star-studded squad, but it's always been a matter of can they gel and get that chemistry together? Do you see a similar thing arising here?
1: Well, I do want to touch on that quote by Southgate because if we're purely going on selection by merit, Maguire doesn't deserve to be there. Maguire's had a shocker of a season and so have a lot of other United players, including Rashford, Sancho, I can maybe excuse him a little bit. I don't think he was terrible. I don't think he was. He, I mean, he didn't definitely didn't lit up, light up the league. But how can you come out and say that about Rashford, Sancho when you're selecting Maguire as your your starting center back? And I think it just always just comes back to the nature of international football, club football. With the team throughout the whole season, the managers see them in training every single day for a good few months. Whereas international coaches see them three, four, five times a year, and even at that once or twice a week, or sorry, and even at that one to two weeks per international break. So I can see why, it, and it's not limited to Southgate, right? We see countless other managers. Who have a teacher's pet per se I don't know if that's the right word in this case but who's someone they can rely on who who they know they can do what they're asking of from the manager because let's face it they don't have the time to drill the philosophy or the tactics into the players within that one to two week time period but having said that I, I can't understand it why because it's not like Rashford wasn't a favorite under Southgate, he was, he was a big part of the twenty eighteen World Cup, Euros. Yeah, he didn't play much, but he he was injured. But leading up to the Euros and the seasons prior to that, he was a big part of that team. And I know he's he's always had this agenda against English players from the Bundesliga. We're seeing it with Bellingham right now. But I don't I don't get it when international managers come out and make this kind of comment, which directly contradicts what they're doing with their selection? I don't know what your opinion is on that.
0: I think the Rashford decision or the Rashford comments are justified. Sancho, not so much. I actually think Sancho deserves at least a chance. I don't think he's been as poor as he's making it out to be, especially with other players that he's picking. But as far as the Maguire decision goes, To me, that seems a bit more tactical in terms of the pick. I think that when he plays for Man United, he looks worse than he actually is because of the system or the role he's asked to play. And in England's system, I think it suits him because Maguire's actually very good at driving forward with the ball. He's not necessarily meant to be this last man cover. Like when you watch Van Dyke play, he's more of a last man cover and he does that expertly. Maguire cannot do that. Maguire needs somebody to sit behind him and cover. If he can get an opportunity to step up and nick the ball in front of the striker who's trying to to play hold-up play against England and he gets an opportunity to drive forward when they do have the ball and make penetrating passes, I think he could actually be successful at doing that, given that he has somebody covering behind him. But if you ask him to play the last man role and to be the almost done centre-back for them, then you're asking for him to mess up. And I think that his attributes can be very helpful to England's World Cup push. But when you look at just his Man United performances, it doesn't tell you the right story,
1: right? Which is why you—I mean—he's never fancied Jaden Sancho, who—that's uh, a known fact. So, it—it it, it just doesn't make sense for him to come out and say that. He even when Sancho has shown him the goods, he never started him consistently in his team. So. It seems like Southgate is trying to fit players into his system, the system that he wants his team to play, not necessarily building a team around the players that he has, which makes sense he's a he's an international manager so Yeah, I it,
0: think that's the right thing to do.
1: Yeah, which yeah, because he has unlimited selection and an unlimited pool to select the players from. I'm not I'm I'm in no position to say where you should not be selecting this guy. You should you should be selecting this guy, but that comment just seems hollow to me from Southgate. But that's just what it is.
0: I mean, like I said, I think it's justified with Rashford, but it's harsh on Sancho. I just it just seems weird. Why randomly just call out Sancho? I don't feel like he was as bad as he's making him seem. But I don't think he deserves a starting place in the England squad either. I think a place in the squad is fair, but to start, no, because I think there's other players who have been performing better than him and deserve a place over him.
1: But, but say that's the thing. You say he doesn't deserve to start based off of his performances with the club, right? Whereas you would say the same thing about Maguire, but the difference is Maguire has been given the chance with the England setup. And he has performed; hence, why the trust Southgate gives him in 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 the form of Maguire. Sancho has never had that run of games in an England shirt and a settled role like a Maguire did, or like even a Pickford as a keeper. You know, where there's also debates about whether Pickford or Ramsdale should start. So, what makes you say? You know, I'm not pointing out you. In, a, in you, as not just you, but what makes people say, oh, Sancho deserves to start, but Maguire des- doesn't deserve to start? Because, like you said, Maguire always performs in an England shirt, whereas Sancho has never gotten the chance really. So, wh- wh- who are we to say he-, he should be in the lineup? He shouldn't be in the lineup.
0: Well, where that's concerned, I'm looking at the competition then at that point. Who is going to compete with Maguire at center back for his role? There's really not many suitors. I wouldn't trust Tomore back there. I know you wouldn't trust Tyrone Mings back there. Who else is going to compete with him unless you want to put Kyle Walker at a center back role? Maybe even that.
1: Yeah, not enough. Back two or back right.
0: four. Right. But if I'm looking at winger now, there's an unreal amount of talent on the wing who's going to start over Sancho, game in, game out. I could think of countless players. So that's how I'm looking at it. If there is another player who I know for sure is also performing better than him, then I could make the argument for Maguire. I believe Ben White should be starting. I know it's biased, but <laughs> I think he's, I think he's been the best center back, in, the best English center back. Who has been better than him? Honestly, you could say John Stones could also start next to to Ben White, but I think Ben White has earned himself a starting place.
1: Yeah, I mean, here's the thing with me too. The the level of competition and the level of quality when you compare the league play, and especially the Premier League, to any international game, it's night and day. It's, It's only understandable, you know. City and Liverpool have been, been training under the same managers in the world for five, six, seven years now. Whereas, like I mentioned before, international games only get a week or two of preparation time, and in the tournaments, you don't even get to train. You know, you're playing every three to four days. You're resting and healing up for the next game. So maybe I'm going a little tangent here, but does quality really matter in the in international football? You know, a lot of times it's, it's more about the mood of the, the camp, you know, how, like you said, how well the players are gelling, how, how well respected the manager is, you know, how many, how many players are buying into what the manager is doing. And I think that's part of the reason why Southgate has had success at the international level, because you don't need to have exceptional quality to do well at, the, at this level.
0: But it definitely helps with that level of quality with his squad and depth.
1: Yeah, I mean of course, yeah. You, you wouldn't you would prefer to be a manager of England over Australia. By the way, congratulations to Australia who has just made it the World Cup. I think they're the last nation to qualify. So congrats to them. commiserations to Peru.
0: For sure. Big up Australia. And we'll end on that note. Thank you very much for tuning in. Don't forget to like, subscribe, leave your comments, turn on the notifications. Don't forget to turn on the notifications. Make sure you turn on those notifications. Turn on the notifications. Have you guys turned on the notifications yet? Yes, we
1: get it now. (laughs)
0: turn on the notifications
1: and as always the link to our Facebook page is in the description and the bio so please go to that page get liking get commenting let us know should Maguire be starting should Sancho be in the squad what about Rashford and how do you think this five subs rule which is officially being implemented
0: from next season
1: is gonna affect these teams
0: leave your comments facebook page like the facebook page so you can keep up to date with everything that's going on on social media and thank you very much
1: thank you as always and peace out